You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. Good afternoon. Welcome in once again. Jimmy B and TC on the air with you. Here with you on a Tuesday as we talk the world of sports for the next two hours. You can join us here at 515-264-1700. Running solo today. Same thing over the lunch hour with Ken. He's away on business. Jimmy B off today. Going to be off on Thursday. I'm holding down the fort and doing doing it to the best of my abilities here on a Tuesday afternoon as we get ready for football season. Camp's underway. Preseason game number one in the NFL already finished up for everybody. Two games for both the Ravens and the Bears. NFL conversation, college football conversation. The high school season starts next week. In fact, we have week zero games going on this week on Friday. Absolutely incredible. We have made it, folks. Football season is upon us. Busy show coming up today on the program as he is normally on his Tuesday spot. Our good friend Alex Halstead will be stopping by from CycloneAlert.com. A lot on Iowa State. A couple of assistant coaches yesterday talking to the media. The new offensive line coach, Jeff Myers, who has some big shoes to fill, taking over the spot man by Tom Manning. You go back to what he did in year number one at Iowa State from what that offensive line was in the early portions of the season to what they became by the end of the year rebuild as they're trying to get that offensive line up and and probably the biggest remaining question for Iowa State a lot of metrics out there I personally I'm a pro football focused guy I, I think they do a very good job kind of breaking things down in a way that is succinct that makes sense to me and that's what you're trying to do and one of the metrics that they had last year measuring offensive line had them very low very poorly ranked I don't know how they derive at the numbers. All I know is their numbers did not come out very positive for Iowa State a year ago. Now, those guys, much more experience. Meeker, Good Jones. You're going to have a youngster, it sounds like, at the center position in Colin Newell. But Iowa State, if that offensive line takes another step forward, with David Montgomery behind him, then a slew of running backs fighting for that number two spot, you'd expect to see some improvements in that run game here in 2018. Remains a big question, and certainly the spotlight on Jeff Myers, the new offensive line coach for Iowa State. So some thoughts on that. Also, Tyson Vite, the linebackers coach, he was also talking to the media last night. Alex was there. We'll get his perspective on that. And a new name that has been cropping up, young Mr. Rose from up in Ohio. We'll get some perspective on that. Some recruiting talk and a whole lot more coming your way with Alex Halstead here in about 10 minutes. Then later on in the hour, we'll take a national look at College Football. Pete Futek will be by from College Football News. We'll get his thoughts on everything going on in the crazy, crazy world of college football. The Big Ten continues to get arrows slinged at them. They are struggling mightily, it seems, with what is happening at this point. We'll get some thoughts on that. We'll take a look at the Big Ten. Then we'll talk about some teams and get Pete Futek. Always a fresh perspective from Pete. Always enjoy that with him. That comes your way at about 440 this afternoon. The 5 o'clock hour, Wolfgang set to join us. He'll be by. Plenty to dive into with Wolfgang as we talk some Iowa football with him and a whole lot more. And we'll cap things off with Seth Gruen. He'll be here. We'll talk more Big Ten football. We'll talk some Major League Baseball also with Seth Gruen. Come your way late in the 5 o'clock hour. Well, last night, it wasn't a great night on the sports calendar. After the weekend that we had, Coming on the heels of the PGA Championship, Tigers run. We talked about that a whole lot yesterday and reliving the memories. Tiger in contention, shooting a 64. All the almosts, all the justabouts that were there. You think back to what he did. We had that. We had Sunday Night Baseball. The Cubs with the walk-off. And it was a light schedule last night in baseball. But I was entertained last evening. You had the Cardinals, and don't look now, but the St. Louis Cardinals are just two games back going into play today of the second wild card spot. You have that happening. Couple that with another loss from the Cubs as they're heading that direction. Oh boy, concern. I I think that has to be on the mind of some Cubs fans. 
Look, you slayed the Dragon. A couple years ago in the playoffs, getting them in the divisional round, getting to the NLCS for the first time with the current regime, that was big. And in fact, yes, it is final 7-0 Milwaukee with a win over the Cubs today. But the Cardinals, fire Matheny. Carlos Martinez has not been the guy this season that many people expected, but they're hanging around. They're right there, and will it be the first time in this millennium that they didn't make the playoffs three cons- uh, miss the playoffs three consecutive years if they'd miss out on this year? They're not going down without a fight. Two games behind Philadelphia now for that final spot in the playoffs. The division race also getting a little bit tighter there. And with the win today of Milwaukee now, just two games back of the Cubs in that race. Folks, Cubs fans, the hay's not in the barn. A bad streak, and not only are you in danger of not winning your division and having to go and play in that one-game wild card where anything can happen. I mean, one game in baseball, we know that. As bad as Baltimore is, in one game... They can beat the Red Sox. Doesn't happen very often, but it can happen. It's one baseball game. It is a coin flip. Eh, Better than a coin flip, but still, you get what I'm saying. But it's not just that. They don't have the safety net where the NL Central is just that much better, and if you don't make it, you're still going to be in, like the Yankees have. At least have to have a pretty good hold on a wild card spot. You go through a stretch, and you go 3-12, and Not only are you looking up at the Brewers and maybe the Cardinals in the division, you're looking up at Philadelphia and Washington and Colorado, maybe the Dodgers. You're looking up at them at the wild card and and seemingly went from, seemed like a foregone conclusion, the Cubs will be a playoff team. It goes from that to you got work to do. Jose Quintana struggled again today. What do you do with him? I continue to maintain their best option instead of floating them out there. All right, John Lester, there's problems. I personally believe shut him down for 10 days, skip a start in the rotation, do something because he's not right. Since the All-Star break, he goes from a huge renaissance. First half of the year, he's pitching like young John Lester. To today, or he's pitching like me. All right, maybe a bit of a stretch, but you have that happening. You, Darvish, you can't count on. Jose Quintana is so inconsistent. Hendricks has been okay, but still not the same guy that we've seen in the past. Would it make more sense if, and this is the caveat here, Cole Hamels, he's been great. But you go into a playoff series with Hamels, with Lester, with Hendricks, and that fourth guy, if the decision comes down to Mike Montgomery or Jose Quintana, I'm leaning Montgomery's way. And playoff baseball also is so much different. That's another big change that that people, I think, you have to remember the game that you see day in and day out throughout the season from this year, late March, all the way through the end of September is so different than what we get in the playoffs because of the built-in days off that you have in there, the way that you can utilize your bullpen It completely changes the game. You don't have to worry about your starting pitcher. Boy, we'd love to get seven out of him. You don't have to worry about that the same level you do in the regular season. And you're firing all your shots. If you know you're going to get four, maybe five good innings out of Mike Montgomery, and you feel confident of that, isn't that better than going to the well of Jose Quintana with that inconsistent effort we've seen all season long? the very least, it's a maybe. It's a thought. Just keep it in there. Now, this could all be for not. Quintana could turn it around over the final six weeks. You Darvish could come back and be the guy they spent $130 million on, and he could be fine. And suddenly, this conversation seems silly. I get that. But just a thought. Keep it in your mind. One final thing on baseball. As we got a very football-heavy show coming up for you this afternoon. Last night, Keith Oberman was on the call, play-by-play, for Mets-Yankees. I enjoyed it. Not talking about the politics of him, just him calling baseball. It was a little bit different. 
But I also enjoy that from time to time. In the past, when they've tried to put somebody that has no play-by-play experience, you know, they've had players' games. I know the NBA did that at one point where there's just a couple of color guys in the booth, and then they basically morphed into one guy, did play-by-play very poorly. It was terrible. Obram was fine, I thought, play-by-play. And a different kind of guy, and a different cat. And in a game like that, that doesn't mean a whole lot. Severino got roughed up again. That'll frustrate Yankee fans. But it's a game in the middle of August with not a whole lot going on. I was entertained. Tim Kirchner, I thought, was a lot of fun with him. I enjoyed it for the rough moments, of course. But when you're not doing game games, game in and game out, like your normal play-by-play guys, that's also going to happen. I don't get it. Guess I'm dead wrong on that one. Swing and miss out of your boy TC. I enjoyed Overman last night. I enjoy Overman on SportsCenter. I think maybe it's because of my age and the memories. And you always harken back to those days and how great they were. I consider myself a Keith Overman sports fan. Sports fan. Put that in there. We'll do a little more baseball coming up here later in the program with Seth Gruen from Bleacher Report. But coming up next, we're talking Iowa State football Mentioned Jeff Myers, Tyson Veit, the two coaches that talked yesterday. Some thoughts on that. Some new names possibly emerging. Guys that have a possibility of playing this year. Also, some basketball news and notes. Want to get into that with Alex Halstead. He'll be joining us coming up here on the other side of the break. Jimmy B and TC, Trent Condon running solo with you this afternoon. Back with more in a moment. Catch the best in high school football each Friday night on 1700 KBGG with the Central Iowa Game of the Week, starting at 7 o'clock on Fridays. Hey guys, Trent Condon back here once again. Want to tell you a little bit about New Leaf Wellness Center. New Leaf Wellness has helped me lose weight, gain endurance during workouts, and one of the biggest things, have energy all day long. No more lulls during the afternoon. Great program, great people at New Leaf Wellness Center. Check them out today at 3930 West Town Parkway in West Des Moines. And all summer long, give it away iCubs tickets. Find out how New Leaf Wellness can help you or give them a call at 515 515- 650-1358. That's 650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness Centers. Let's feel better together and turn over a new leaf with New Leaf Wellness. Sponsored by Firestone Complete Auto Care. Head into Firestone Complete Auto Care to get $70 off per axle on a standard brake service. Whatever you drive, drive a Firestone. Coupon required, restrictions and exclusions apply. Details at driveafirestone.com. Don't waste away the last days of summer in a car you hate. Join my flip-flop revolution today. Hey, Joe Clemens here from Capital City Motor Company. I'm on a mission to help everyone kick back in a car they love. I'll help you flip out of your current car and flop into a nicer, newer one by paying up to $4,679 more more than appraised value for your trade. Relax in a ride you'll love. My one and only for the people credit approval process is easy breezy. My team is the best there is and we know how to get you approved even if you've been turned down before. Don't waste away the last days of summer. Be part of my flip-flop revolution. I'll pay up to $4,679 more for your trade. And you can flip out of your old car and flop into a nicer, newer car today. But hurry, the revolution ends August 31st or after we've flip-flopped 82 cars. I'm Joe Clemens and I'm a dealer for the people. Come see us at Capital City Motor Company in the on East University, one block off I-235 on the State Fair side. Call 265-1467 or online at ApprovedByJoe.com. ApprovedByJoe.com. www.approvedbyjoe.com. The following call is real. It took place between an OnStar advisor and a member. OnStar emergency. Is anyone hurt? I'm stuck in the I will quickly contact 911 and I bring my partner in line as I do so. Go ahead, Simona. Tell me exactly what happened. It just went over. Oh, my God. I can't get out. Stay calm and listen carefully so that I can help you get out. I'll tell you exactly what to do next. At a moment like this, the last thing you want to be is alone. Can you open a rear side window all the way? Yes. Okay, do that. Can you turn your radio all the way up so that you can still hear me? Yes. Okay, get out of the car. Get to the top of the vehicle. A specially trained advisor is ready to help 24 hours a day. Okay, I'm at the top. They help us route to your location. The reassuring sound of a human voice, ready to help. OnStar is available on Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, and Cadillac. OnStar, be safe out there. OnStar acts as a link to emergency services. Visit OnStar.com for details. 
Stephanie Goodhue of Iowa Realty is a full-service residential realtor serving all of Central Iowa. She specializes in new construction, relocation, acreages, single-family, and condo townhouse sales. Stephanie Goodhue, a buyer's agent and a seller's agent, along with a member of the National Association of Realtors and the Des Moines Area Association of Realtors. Let Stephanie provide a free market analysis if you're considering selling your home. Stephanie Goodhue of Iowa Realty. She will lead you home. What type of people will create a world without type 1 diabetes? We're the lift each other up type. The more determined than you think type. The type that will walk for life-changing research. And stop at nothing. Until type 1 becomes type none. Join a JDRF walk near you so one day you could say, I helped turn type 1 into type none. Take the first step at walk.jdrf.org. This year, it's our year. The year we win it all. This is the year the flag flies. For wins. For big games. For titles. This is the year you fly the colors of your favorite team. These colors? Uh, these colors mean everything. And you'll find those colors at Heartland Flagpoles and Flags. The largest selection of team flags anywhere. Football, basketball, hockey, NASCAR, and more. Shop 3719 Southwest 9th Des Moines or heartlandflags.com. Summer is here and when the storms hit and your roof leaks, it's time to call Wolf Construction. From a complete re-roof to just fixing that leaky roof. The roofing staff has experience working with many different roof systems with Wolf Construction and a knowledge of how the roof system works best for your home. Wolf Construction will do their best to honor you with timely communication, a job well done, and a price that's fair. Wolf Construction Roofing, 515-225-8866 or online wolfconstruction.net the Arizona Iowa Baseball Company has become a one-stop shop for all of your field product needs. Arizona Iowa Mounds can provide you with anything to make your field look great and play great from portable pitching mounds to field products and equipment. With multiple items stocked for the season, Arizona Iowa Mounds offer same-day delivery on stocked items and free field consultant to Iowa Little Leagues, high schools, and colleges. And individual lessons are available for baseball and softball players at their location. 3976 Northwest Urbandale Drive, the Arizona Iowa Baseball Company. It's time for your daily dose of Cyclone coverage on 1700 KBGG. Truck out of back with you. Jimmy B and TC continues on with you until 6 o'clock tonight. Time to talk some Iowa State football. Joining us, Alex Halstead, as he does normally on a Tuesday here in his normal spot. Alex, uh, back up in Ames again. Boy, they're, they're keeping you guys busy, giving you a lot of content. Yeah, four days this week we'll get coaches as we make a run through all ten positions if you include special teams. So uh, season's still probably, what, two and a half weeks away, but we're wrapping up fall camp, and I think today we've got receivers, which will be an interesting group this year. It really will. Before we kind of look forward here and what you look to be finding out from the assistant coaches, I look back at yesterday. I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I think it bears repeating. Jeff Myers, the offensive line coach, He's got some big shoes to fill in Tom Manning. Yeah, and, and the one thing with him, though, is that he's learned from Tom Manning for so long, and so that's what I think has been most interesting about that transition is that you know a lot of what they're doing is the same stuff because he played for Matt Campbell and Tom Manning as a starting offensive lineman at Toledo, was a GA under them at uh, Toledo as well, and then he's been the GA under Tom Manning for the last two years and really because Tom Manning was so heavily involved in the, the play calling because he was the offensive coordinator the last two years, Myers, as the graduate assistant, was actually more of the kind of in-game offensive line coach um, because you know Manning was, was not as focused on the offensive line in-game. So he actually has a lot of experience, and I think that's really helped the transition go a lot smoothly. And it's not really been a topic of discussion as much as much as it is you know, what does he see from his lineman, which I think is probably a positive right right now. Yeah, you definitely can see that, and it feels like Colin Newell certainly entrenched at that center position. Julian Good-Jones bounces out from the inside out to the left tackle position. Still a question mark, but at least the returns that we're hearing, everything good, Alex? Yeah, it looks like I think things are pretty settled. Um, you know, Jeff Meyer said yesterday that 
it's really them still trying to figure out who their top five are. But when you kind of read into different things, I think you can you can kind of see that things are probably pretty settled unless somebody really emerges here in the next couple of weeks before September 1st. And, and that includes Julian Good-Jones, like you said, at left tackle, and Colin Newell at center. And Meyer said even last night that if the season would start you know, right now, Good-Jones would be at left tackle. And I'd heard that in the scrimmage Saturday that he spent the bulk of the time at left tackle, though they are still making sure he's capable of, of playing other places and ready to play other places. And so with that said, you know, your right side is Josh Knipple at right guard and Bryce Meeker at right tackle. That's been pretty set for a while. And then left guard is really the big one right now. And I think it's probably Josh Mueller right now, a kid that's 305, 310 pounds. You know, we saw him yesterday. He's got long hair, you know, tattooed on his arm. Probably the most physically imposing just size-wise. And, you know, when you talk to players or coaches about him, the word they use is nasty. And, um, you know, Myers said he's not the flashiest guy, but he can really move people, and you can kind of see that with his size. And so I think they feel comfortable with him there. But they've created some depth to the point where Myers said yesterday they could put seven or eight different guys on the field and they'd feel comfortable. And I think most fall camps, when you talk to coaches, they're always throwing around the, the number eight for the offensive line. You want to get to at least eight where, you know, there's three extra guys that you could put on the field and at least feel good with them being out there. Over to the other uh, position coach that you got to hear from yesterday, Tyson Veit. And, uh, well, a new name emerging, Rose, uh, a guy that, I mean, seemingly you do a lot on recruiting there at Cyclone Alert. He was also an after, also almost an afterthought in this class. Well, yeah, Mike Rose is a kid that, you know, has got great size. He was 6'3", and he came in around 205. Tyson Veit told me yesterday after interviews that he's up to 222 pounds so he's obviously already you know physically there you know that he's going to get bigger and probably in the next year obviously you know his career is just starting he's been on campus for what two and a half months but his his recruiting story is interesting he's a guy that i would say really liked on film his junior year leading into his high school season last year but they wanted to see him in person so when they went to akron uh, to play tyson white went to cleveland nearby to watch him play in a football game that night because they wanted to evaluate him before they offered. And at the time, he was committed to, to Ball State. Um, and Iowa State saw him, Vite saw him that night. He said it's one of the most impressive in-person performances he's seen in terms of just he played hard every play, and you knew at least that gave him the chance. Iowa State offered, brought him for an official visit, and he flipped you know, a few days later. So it all happened pretty fast, but a kid that they liked for a long time, they just wanted to see what happened. And, and they've had some recruiting hits. When you look at, you know, and it's still too early to say if he's a hit, but it's looking like he's at least been a good player so far. You know, guys like Orion Vance, who they, they got in on early, and he's now emerging at that middle linebacker spot with Mike Rose. They've had some kids that who have flourished early in their careers that maybe don't have a ton of offers coming out of high school. Central Iowa kid also in the mix there at one of the linebacker spots, Jake Hummel. What's the latest you're hearing from him? Yeah, so right now I think he's probably going to end up probably as the backup to Marcel Spears at that will linebacker position. Mm-hmm. But a kid that last year they burned his red shirt so that he could play special teams. And, you know, when, when he came to college, I thought maybe he would be a middle and Vance would be an outside guy, but they've kind of been flip-flop where uh, Jake Hummel's been an outside linebacker and, and Orion Vance has been a middle linebacker. And the thing with Hummel is not that he's not capable of playing even early in his career. It's just that he's behind Marcel Spears and Willie Harvey at those two outside linebacker spots, and those two spots are pretty well cemented. So they burned his record though last year for a reason, and, and Campbell has said that they want to feel good with six different linebackers, and by all accounts, I think Jake Hummel's probably number five, four or five. You know, him and Regan Northrup are probably numbers four and five in that, that pool. So I think he's going to rotate in there, but last year, you know, Marcel Spears stayed pretty healthy for them, and I think he played up more than 700 snaps right around 700 snaps. He's not a guy that comes off the field a lot, but when he does, I think Humble could be the first guy in uh, to replace him. So coming up this evening, a look at special teams and, and also wide receivers. Let's start with the special teams. Obviously, the progress of the kicking position seems to be the biggest question. Have you been able to to hear any nuggets coming in uh, with the with the kicker spot? Well, that's a position that I think has still been a little bit in flux, mainly because I think they're giving Chris Francis a shot to still win that place-kicking um, job. You know, I think Chris Francis is probably the, the for-sure guy to be handle kickoffs by all accounts. You know, Matt Campbell said that last year, you know, based on the metrics they use, you know, whether that's touchbacks or touchback percentage and things like that, he was one of the best kickoff guys in the Big 12. And so I think 
he's probably the, a shoo-in for that job. But I think place kicking they've kept a little bit open pro- primarily because, you know, nervous and they want to show con- some consistency. And it sounds like he's really at times showed off his leg. You know, I think in high school he made a 50-plus yarder and he kicked right off the ground. I know in high school you can um, use a, a, a little tee for field goals. He prepared for college by not doing that. So, you know, those are kind of legit 50-plus yard field goals. And so um, they really liked his leg. But the big thing with him is can you make make kicks consistently at this level? And I think he'll end up winning that job. But it'll be interesting to see what Joe Houston says tonight on that. And you know, I, I don't know if Houston will talk as much about it, but since he is a special teams coordinator, it's going to be interesting. Even that punt return job, I think that's a job that, that's probably the main battle that doesn't get talked about. Um, but, you know, Trevor Ryan and Alan Mazzard are pretty reliable back there, and that's a job that, you know, Matt Campbell takes pretty seriously as well. Yeah, and the return game the first year, they were really good uh, in year number one under Matt Campbell. Special teams as a whole took a step back a, a little bit last season. And the punting job, uh Corey Dunn, is that where we're going? Yep, it's it's all him. I mean, he's a guy that they're comfortable with. He he punted for a season uh, in college, redshirted last year so that he could have an extra year at a Power Five school. So he got three years of eligibility, just a sophomore this year. But it's it's all him, and um, he's actually kid that can kick with either foot. Although I think they're going to stick with his right foot. <laughs> but he just he's he's really really dynamic for a punter from what I've heard. It, it's going to be interesting to see him. I know you don't, people don't talk about punters much, but I've heard that he just has really good hand-eye coordination. And, and there's, I think Iowa State fans would love for him to be a little bit like uh, Texas's Australian punter last year who yeah. declared for the NFL early. I mean, you don't see that very often from a punter. and um, It's going to be interesting to see what he did because I think, I think Colin Downey became a pretty consistent punter. You kind of knew what you were going to get from him. But I think Don could be that or more for them. If he if he does kind of you know some of the things they talked about. Talk with Alex Halstead right now. CycloneAlert.com, part of twenty four seven Sports. Uh, Alex, uh, another big part of, of your job there, not just talking to the coaches as you guys get them seemingly every single night, but also a lot on recruiting. Want to jump in our final couple moments here over to basketball. Noah Visitor, I believe, coming in this weekend for the Cyclone Hoopsters, right? Yeah, it's it's Ben Carlson out of Minnesota, and it's. It's not a 2019 prospect, so not somebody who's committing in this, this current class. But looking ahead to 2020, I think we've seen a lot more action than it almost seems like the 2020 between a guy like Ben Carlson, who I think right now by 24-7 sports is the number 59 overall player in 2020. Then obviously the recruitment of Xavier Foster from Oskaloosa, who's, um, I want to say, I don't know his exact rating. We've, we've updated them recently, but still a top 25 player in that same 2020 class. So, We've actually seen, seen a little bit more action on 2020 lately, uh, but Carlson's an interesting one just because um, his dad played at Iowa State in the 90s. He's been to Iowa State several times, both for a football game, I think a basketball game, and just another unofficial. So getting him back, I think as much as possible is kind of the key for them. And they're right in that race, but you know I think Stanford's offered him, and that's a school that he's really liked. And then um, there's some other Midwest schools in, in that mix as well, I think. You know, maybe Northwestern and, and maybe Xavier. So it's going to be an interesting cr- recruitment. It's early, but as much as they get him to campus, I think it's good for them, especially when his dad, you know, played at Iowa State. Well, uh, some other guys in the 2019 class of the the year before we get to 2020. Any names continue to hear more? I know McKinney, Tandy, a couple of uh, combo guards. There's been some conversation there. What are you hearing about that upcoming class? Yeah, I think the three the three main names that I continue to hear, you know, one of us, Mario McKinney, obviously a kind of a like you said, a combo guard or a wing. I mean, he can do so many different things um, from the St. Louis area, and he just cut his list to seven. Iowa State still in it. I'm not sure if they're as heavy into that one or not, but but they're still in the race at least. You know, throughout through this past week after he cut his list, um, EJ Liddell, obviously a, a kid that he knows really well from that same area, just cut his list to five, and Iowa State's out of that one, but. So, you know, Mario McKinney's one of them. The two names I really, I think, hear the most are Kai Kai Tandy, um, a point guard, but also probably more of a two maybe at times from the Kentucky area. I think they'll probably get one of his visits probably in September. And then Luke Anderson, a forward, but probably more of a stretch forward that can play the three or four from Florida. Um, he told me he's planning to visit. I think he'll probably get to Iowa State and Georgia in September, but no official dates locked in. But we should start seeing dates locked in for uh, maybe both of those guys here in the coming weeks. Good stuff, Alex Halstead. Check out CycloneAlert.com. The latest in a couple more conversations with the coaches coming up this evening. Alex, as always, thanks for your time. We'll do it again soon. Yep, thanks, Trent. Talk to you later.
Alex Halstead joining us here as we talk a little Cyclone football and basketball. Coming up next, we talk college football as a whole. Pete Futek from College Football News is next here on Jimmy B and TC. You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. An old favorite is back again with a new and updated menu, Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road. Stop by Bennigan's and check out the new signature steak and ale menu. Made from scratch everyday recipes that have stood the test of time. Dinner with friends, a night out, or just stop by to watch the ball game. Make it Bennigan's, Merle Hay Road. You're with friends at Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road. Look for scattered showers and thunderstorms around tonight. Some of you will get some locally heavy rain, if you're lucky, a low near 68. Isolated showers and thunderstorms possible Wednesday, mostly in eastern Iowa, high temperature near 83. I'm Local 5 Chief Meteorologist Brad Edwards. Hey golfers, Golf Headquarters 2900 University Clock Tower Square, West Des Moines is having its annual August $500,000 liquidation sale. Golf Headquarters needs room for the new fall merchandise. Titleist Pro V1 Reloads, $18.88 a dozen. Cobra Max T Driver, $199.99. Odyssey Pro Putter on Special for $99.99. Golf Headquarters Golf Clothing, all on sale, 20 to 60% off. Golf bags starting at $69.99. Callaway X Irons now $398. Golf Headquarters August Blowout starts now in stock only. But Joy Superlight Golf Shoe on closeout for $58. Callaway Heavenwood $139.99. Tailor-made golf balls only $14.99 a dozen. Don't forget that Golf Headquarters does launch monitor club fitting and it's free with purchase. Check out their five-star Google fitting reviews. Golf Headquarters 2900 University Clock Tower Square half a million dollar August blowout starts now in stock only. Come early and get the best selection of closeout merchandise. Golf Headquarters August blowout starts now. Call 255-4433 for fitting time. It's Iowa Cubs game day. Catch the Iowa Cubs versus the Colorado Springs Sky Sox Brewers affiliate today at 708. Visit iowacubs.com for news, promotions, tickets, and more. Iowa Cubs baseball. Come for the fun. Stay for the game. iowacubs.com Sponsored by Firestone Complete Auto Care. Head into Firestone Complete Auto Care to get $70 off per axle on a standard brake service. Whatever you drive, drive a Firestone. Coupon required, restrictions, and exclusion supply. Details at driveafirestone.com. Walkers, families, friends, and supporters will gather at Principal Park on October 6th for the Des Moines Walk to Defeat ALS, where they will celebrate their support and help raise awareness of the disease. ALS is a progressive neurodegenerative disease that affects nerve cells in the brain and spinal cord. Eventually, people with ALS will lose the ability to initiate and control muscle movement, which often leads to total paralysis and death within two to five years of diagnosis. For reasons unknown, veterans are twice as likely to develop ALS. To join our fight of ending ALS, visit walktodefeatals.org. Villaggio Italian Restaurant brings real homemade Italian to you. Fantastic food, great service, and an elegant vibe that feels like home. All your favorites from the original in Norwalk and an expanded menu with the newest location on 100th Street in Urbandale. Plus, one of the best happy hours in the metro from 3 to 6 each weekday. When you're thinking Italian, make it Villaggio. Pizza, pasta, sandwiches, and more. Two locations, Sunset Drive in Norwalk and 100th Street in Urbandale. Villaggio Italian Restaurant. Guys, are you ready to begin your journey to live life better? Are you feeling tired and worn down or looking to improve performance and drive in the bedroom? Looking to burn fat and gain muscle? Then it's time to contact New Leaf Wellness. New Leaf Wellness offers a free, no-obligation consultation. Dr. Robert Seaman and the New Leaf staff will help craft a plan dedicated to you. From testosterone replacement therapy, advanced weight loss, to nutritional therapy, New Leaf Wellness strives to find the plan that will improve your quality of life. Dr. Robert Seaman and New Leaf Wellness. Give them a call today at 515-650-1358. Again, 515-650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. One more time, 515-650-1358. It's time to live life better with New Leaf Wellness. Call 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. The Rookie is Central Iowa's leader in sports cards, collectibles, supplies, and memorabilia. The Rookie has a large selection of vintage and modern-day sports cards for brands such as Topps, Upper Deck, and Panini. Whether you're starting a new collection or building your own, The Rookie has all your needs from football, basketball, baseball, hockey, UFC, and more. 
It's time to collect. Stop by The Rookie, 9992 Swanson Boulevard, right across from the Willis Auto Campus and online at therookiesportscards.com. Since 1993, Wolf Construction has been Des Moines' choice for residential and commercial roofing. From complete re-roofing to small leaks, call Wolf Construction at 225-8866 for your roofing needs. Call 225-8866 to set up your roofing consultation or online at wolfconstruction.net. That's wolfconstruction.net for Wolf Construction. A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. wolfconstruction.net. You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. And welcome back. Jimmy B and TC continues on 1700 KBGG. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Wolf Construction Roofing. Summertime, looking to get that new roof finished up before the fall gets here. Give Wolf Construction a call today. Pete Mundo, uh, check that. Pete Futek joins us from College Football News, talking some college football, Big Ten, and a whole lot more. Pete, what is happening to you over today in Chicagoland? Oh, not a whole bunch. Just uh, getting ready for the world that's about to kick in about two weeks from now and uh, get it all going already. Yeah, we're getting there. 16 days away before we get to the start of the season, Northwestern Purdue. I guess that can excite us for a Thursday to get the season begun. Both teams, though, uh, different expectations. Speaking of Northwestern, they got the new digs there, the, the new you know, renovations that they've gone through in the beautiful football building that they have. They've been close. They, they've had good teams. Fitzgerald's been able to get them to some double-digit win seasons. Can Northwestern, is there another step in there? Can they get to heights above what they've been under Fitz? Only if everyone else collapses. It just, you, you know, sometimes it has to happen, depending on the program, where you can have a good year when the really good teams are bad. And that just has to kind of happen for Northwestern. They're be good. They have one of those seasons when every break kind of goes its way and they play really well. They might have the, the right formula and the right thing going on. Uh, but at the same time, they're in the right division for us. They're the far easier the two big ten divisions. But if they can beat Wisconsin in the right year, and then hope it's bad news to lose a couple other games. We'll just hope everyone else, like Ohio, remains just okay, and Nebraska's mediocre. They, they could make that step. Certainly they were good enough last year over the second half of the season to do lots of big things. Uh, but to actually win a Big Ten championship, that's going to require a whole lot of big things to happen. All right, Pete, so from uh, Northwestern to a look at the conference as a whole, and before we get into the actual football field and what we expect to see off the field, has been a big issue. Maryland recently, Ohio State before that, even the last couple of years, Michigan has got the possibility of guys getting suspended for selling sneakers. It just, it's been a bad look for the Big Ten. Overblown from media types, or is there a concern with Delaney and the people in his office? Well, no, it's not overblown when you know you have a kid die at Maryland, obviously, and you have domestic abuse allegations at Ohio State. So it's kind of hard to. Uh, to push that and, you know, is, is anything other than really, really bad. Uh, in, in terms of is there a culture of a problem in the Big Ten as a whole, that, that's a little bit of a, a push to think that, oh, my gosh, look, look what the Big Ten is doing. Uh, I, I have a hard time taking that extra step and saying that, you know, you have bad people and bad cultures and bad things going on. As just, I think you take it more on an individual case-by-case basis on each part of the problem that's going on right now with each of these programs. But you're right. As a whole, the Big Ten just is, is really taking it on the chin just because there are so many big things going on at once, not even including what just, you know, coming off of with Michigan State uh, that happened with Minnesota a couple of years ago, uh, you know, with Rutgers a few years back with its issues. I mean, so all across the board, there seems to be a whole slew of big things that have happened for this conference. One more on the Big Ten, and uh, I saw Jim Harbaugh mention that the quarterback uh, battle continues with Shea Patterson, Brandon Peters, Dylan McCaffrey also there. You got Jeff George Jr. as a grad transfer. Uh, Jeff George Jr. is not winning this job. That uh, certainly is my perspective. But is this really a race? Shea Patterson, it, it seemed like that, that was the guy he was almost going to be handed the job. I've never been the, the 100% rock-solid guy on Shea Patterson being the be-all, end-all uh, quarterback. The problem with him, and the problem with him at Ole Miss, when he was you know, as talented as they come, 
is he also threw a heck of a lot of interceptions. Mm-hmm. And if you're the you know, quarterback for Jim Harbaugh, and especially with this defense, that's the one thing you just can't do. I mean, they can survive with just a mediocre quarterback, and certainly they were good enough last year to come close uh, with a rebuilding offense. Uh, but you just can't keep turning the ball over and putting the defense in bad situations. The thing about Harbaugh, you know, is over the years, the guy will just play who he thinks is the best quarterback. And he doesn't care what anybody else thinks. Brandon Peters, I, I've always thought that Brandon Peters uh, should have been more of the discussion than, you know, not just been a given that this is Shea Patterson's gig. Obviously, if you're Patterson, you don't go to Michigan unless you think you're going to have that job. Uh, but it's, it's Harbaugh. You know, if there's anybody else, you think, okay, of course it's Patterson. But Harbaugh is going to play as we want to play, and that's it. All right, let's jump off that. And uh, one of the concerns that I have with college football, I love college football. I like it certainly more than the NFL. But the difference between the haves and the have-nots, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, those programs, you go into a year, you can make a, a dark horse pick to make the college football playoff, but I don't think anybody is going out there on a limb and taking anybody else to win the whole thing. Winning your conference, then winning the two games to win a national championship, it's an incredibly difficult hill to climb. Is this a bad thing for college football? It is because you don't have any set uh, plan to, to make sure that, got, that teams are getting in uh, on a certain basis. Is that uh, It's all done on judging still, and you don't really need to play the season. I mean, honestly, if the four best teams are Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Georgia. You know, it doesn't matter if they all go 0-12 for whatever reason. They're, they're just the most talented, best teams in. If any one of them makes the college football playoff, they have a shot to win it over anybody else that I just didn't name. Uh, I personally think that there needs to be some way to uh, standardize it and just say, hey, okay, you have to win your conference championship to be in. You know, it's, it's thanks for you know a team that had a great year and you know just finished just out of the mix. Either you expand it to six teams, and you save all Power 5 conference champions are in, and then the top-ranked uh, group of five conference champion is in, or you expand to eight, and you figure out how to have a wild card in there. But there's got to be something there that says you've got to have the conference champion in this thing. And, you know, to the point, we're, we're on two years now where the Big Ten, you know, for all the other issues, has been the best conference in college football. And for the last two years, it hasn't had its conference champion in the college football playoff. There's something a little askew about that. Well, the problem I have with this, let's just say Iowa goes 9-3, and 7-2 and two in the Big Ten. They beat whoever out of the East in the championship game. So they're sitting there at 10-3, and three, and they're in the playoff over an 11-1 Auburn team that only lost came to Alabama. That, that seems like a stretch to me. Yeah, but if you can't win your conference championship, you shouldn't be able to play for the national championship. And it's a theoretical thing. that It makes it better than any other sport. I, I'll do the flip side with you. I despise the idea that you can finish seventh in your conference in college basketball, get hot for three weeks, and then play in the Final Four. Like that, It just mm-hmm. means that it's why nobody cares about college basketball until uh, mid-March. It just, it just doesn't exist because there's no point. Same for a lot of other sports. I, I don't like the idea of, you know, you can lose your division and, you know, have problems against the team, lose to a team twice, and then all of a sudden you get them in the playoffs, you get hot for one game, and you're, you know, you move on. Uh, the playoffs are gimmicky, and playoffs in general are a gimmick. For uh, so all the bad things about the college football playoff, the way it's set up, and I agree with you, you know, uh, four best teams here, there's going to be a year where someone should get in, or more to your point, say, you know, Iowa goes, you know, seven and four, seven and five, or eight and four, even, and gets in the, the Big Ten championships, cha- championship and upsets 12 and 0 Ohio State. You know, yeah, that's sort of, but at the same time, that's part of the process. You know, that, that makes the conference championships part of the playoff process. And again, you know, theoretically, if you're not good enough to win your conference championship, why should you be good enough to win the national championship or at least get that opportunity and shot? To the Big 12, Pete, and uh, your perspective on a conference that has Oklahoma. Are we going to get through this season with a team that only has one loss, or are we looking at another year where they're going to be left out of the college football playoff? I mean, I don't know, and Oklahoma made it last year, so they, they, it is possible in this conference. And, but you just need a, a heater team that, that's able to win the non-conference games and do a good job with that. 
Uh, Oklahoma is certainly the star again, but it's a down year overall for the league. West Virginia is really good. You know, TCU is pretty good. Oklahoma State's pretty good. But certainly there, is, there aren't the killers there that there are in some of these other conferences. And But, you know, if you're Oklahoma, that might be a good thing because even without Baker Mayfield, they could still go 11-1, get to the Big 12 championship game, win that, and get back to the college football playoffs. So uh, it's very it's good and bad for a conference when it's a little bit down because it just opens it up for one of those stronger teams. P.P. Utah College Football News joining us here as we take a look around college football. Well, you're a Chicagoland guy and a team that is an adopted team, not the self-proclaimed team of Chicago Northwestern, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Where do you sit with the perspective on Notre Dame? Not an overly difficult schedule, especially if they get through week one against Michigan in that matchup. Where do you sit right now with Notre Dame? They're okay. I mean, but you know what you're getting. I mean, the problem with Notre Dame is obviously the independent status is a killer. And if you lose two games, that's it for your season. They could, I think they're going to lose to Michigan to start the season. They, that running game is great, but they're going to have to be able to throw the ball on that Wolverine defense. There's talent there. They're good, but the problem is under Brian Kelly, they've just been, you know, they've sort of hit a wall in terms of what they can actually do. They had the one dream season, the Manti Teo season. Uh, but that's been about it. They're, they're generally a nine and three program every single year, which is all right. You know, for a lot of places, that's pretty good. But for a whole generation of people, Notre Dame just is just a team. I mean, it's not, it's not a magical thing unless you're over the age of like thirty ish or something. You know, so it's the the whole luster of the Notre Dame thing just is not that big of a deal, except for the old school people. And until they start to get good, I, I get a coach in there who can you know take this team to that next level. They've settled for mediocrity for way too long. Wimbush in trouble. If it goes off the rails early, are we going to see Book Jerkovich early and, and taking over the spot of Brandon Wimbush at quarterback? I think they might rotate quarterbacks there. I think you know, uh, Ryan Kelly's never been afraid to uh, put in different options at different times there. But, uh, yeah, I, I think you have to throw a couple of different looks at this Wolverine defense because if they're relying on just being able to run the ball, that doesn't fly against this group. Final thing, college football news is Pete Futek joining us here as we talk college football. Pete, give me a team maybe on the fringes of the top 25 outside you think is poised for a big year, and who's the team we'll be talking about in late November as the biggest disappointment in college football? I mean, biggest disappointment is all relative in terms. I think Georgia's probably not going to live up to the hype because right now if you're Georgia, it is college football playoff or bust. And there's absolutely, you know, with that talent level, there's no excuse to be anything but at least 11-1 and one and, and win the SEC championship or at least play for it. Problem is, last year they got through a, a division that was way down. Florida was obviously bad. Tennessee was bad. Kentucky and Vanderbilt are Kentucky and Vanderbilt. You know, South Carolina was all right. But, you know, that's a game that you can get through if you're that Georgia team. This year, the SEC East is a whole lot better. They might lose at South Carolina early on. They could lose uh, to Florida. They could lose one of these other games. And so, relatively speaking, if you're Georgia and you go 10-2, excuse me, your season is basically a dud. You're not going to go to the college football playoff at that point. As far as the, the sleeper team that's out there, it's basically the entire Pac-12 South. I mean, nobody's really giving USC a whole lot of love, but that defense is going to be amazing. Utah is going to be a strong team. Arizona with Kilio Pate's going to be tough. There's a whole lot of teams there that are going to be a whole lot of fun this season, maybe not in the national championship chase, but at least in terms of making people care about the season. The Pac-12 South is going to be a blast each and every week. Pete, I was uh, perusing college football news earlier today, and are you really doing a preview of every single game? I saw a Jackson State Southern Miss uh, fearless prediction. Are you doing every game this year? We've done every game uh, for the last uh, 20 years, yeah. That's what we do. It's uh, uh, pick every game because the investing public out there wants to know who's going to win each game. I, I know that you, you do every game you know, during the real part of it, but Southern Miss, Jackson State, Pete, you do too much. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised at <laughs> what the, the fan base out there likes. Hey, and uh, you know what? You love to there. And, and there's a point spread uh, on all those games. Somewhere offshore, you can find something, even a game yep. like that. And oh, that's a part of it, too. Hey, Pete, as always, thanks for your time. Enjoy your time on Fine Bob later today. Hey, Todd, Trent. Pete Futek. Joining us, college football news. What a sight it is. Southern Miss Jackson State. They got Southern Miss winning 44 13. No line yet. Yet.
the word on that one. Speaking of week one in college football, we got a lot of good ones. Week one, all right, well, there's week zero beforehand, and that's right. Going into next weekend, we'll be able to talk about Hawaii, Colorado State, Wyoming, New Mexico State. Get your tickets now. All right, slow down a little bit. But there are real games that that count coming up here in a couple of weeks. Ohio State's favored by 36 against Oregon State. 36. Texas, a two-touchdown favorite at Maryland with everything happening around there. On the local front, Iowa, 10-point favorite now against Northern Illinois. We go back to earlier this summer. That was a point spread that was 13, 13 and a half right in that range. Down, doesn't take a whole lot of bets to swing anything, but thought that was certainly something interesting. And Iowa State, again, when you're taking on an FCS team, usually that point spread comes out a little bit closer. I have found a, I don't know the validity of this website. I don't know how good it is. I'm not going to tell you to go bet there, but they have both a point spread and a win total out. Sportbet.com is the name of the place. Cyclones are favored by two touchdowns. Minus 14 against the Jackrabbits. Total in that game, 53 and a half. If you're so inclined, but be careful, folks. It's not legal, though it will be legal at some point in our state. This offshore stuff, not legal. Just telling you, there is a number out there. Cyclones, favored by 14 against South Dakota State. Iowa, a 10-point favorite in their matchup against Northern Illinois. Closer and closer we get to football season. Nothing wrong with that. Hey, another big one at the FCS level, and talking about South Dakota State, you and I, they take on Montana. At Montana, it's been a house of horrors throughout the years for the Panthers. They'll be heading out there. No point spread in that game yet. Yet. In fact, let me look here. Now, now I got myself almost intrigued a little bit more. Let's see if I can find one at this crazy website that seemingly has spreads on everything. This is the same site that had Iowa high school playoff lines on there. Don't know the validity. Again, don't know what it, what you're going to get if you win, what you'd even get back. And here's the spread. I found it. Grizzlies Panthers in Montana. It's a pick 'em. You and I ranked 15th. Montana, number 24, a pick em out there, total of 58 and a half. There's always something to wager on, folks, and soon enough, we'll be able to do it all legally. Getting the timeout, coming back on the other side with more with you until 6 o'clock tonight. Trent Conn and running solo today, it's Jimmy B and TC.